in a way that can be used as a good thing and also how rejection can come in all different forms in all different ways how rejection can be a tool that can cause us to retreat and different aspects on the way we view rejection and how rejection can be one of the most uh, disturbing aspects on how people will run away, how we use it in our relationships, how it spills over in our jobs, how it feels, spills over in family, how it spills over in all aspects of our lives. But God wants us to understand rejection and how it can be used and how God can come and comfort us in the times of rejection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, God can definitely use uh, rejection for good. And we're, as you can see from the screen, we're going to continue uh, talking about um, this, this theme of rejection um, today. So, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to open us in a word of prayer and we'll get started with our video and then uh, Brother Derek can lead our, our discussion. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you um, so much for this beautiful morning. Lord, I thank you uh, for this time where we can come together and, and, and um, we can talk about uh, how you use the different circumstances in our life, Lord, and, and um, how you can you can turn um, even even things that seem um, really really bad or, or really frustrating, Lord, you can turn those and use them for good. And so, Father, today I just pray that that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear what you have to say to us. Um, and and Lord, I just pray that you would help us to um, to apply it to our lives um, and and to live it out in your precious and holy name. Amen. We've been talking about rejection in this series. No matter your relationship status, we can all remember feeling a sense of rejection when we were dating. And we can all imagine this scenario. You plan a date, you coordinate your schedules and arrange a time and a place to meet. The first date goes great. You covered all the basics and your non-negotiables, which, let's be honest, we all have. And to top it off, there was even chemistry. Conversation was easy and there was talk about future dates. The next week or so was filled with fun communication. It seems the person had a great time as well. More time passes, but date number two doesn't seem to be happening, and you wonder what's taking so long. And finally, you figure out that the second date is officially not happening. The disappointment stings. And if you're at the stage of life when you want to be serious in a relationship, this fork in the road can cause you to go down a bad mental path and maybe even start to wonder, what was so wrong with me that they didn't want to go out again? What could I have done differently? Did I offend that person? Was I not funny enough? Was I not good looking enough? And we wonder, for the next first date, do we need to do something differently? Do we need to change who we are? Whether you're single, married, or somewhere in between, here's why this is so important to understand. No matter where rejection happens, whether in a dating relationship, marriage, friendship, in the workplace, or in your family, how you respond to rejection will inform what you believe about yourself. And what you believe about yourself not only impacts your self-esteem, but it also affects how you interact with other people and how you allow them to interact with you. For example, if you're someone who isn't confident in your value, if you don't believe you're attractive, smart, and talented just as you are, then you'll be tempted to get into a personal or professional relationship with people that you'll later regret. And you'll do this because you'll think that's all you're worth. For a lot of us, if we're being really honest, we may even believe we aren't good enough or worth loving. And this perspective usually stems from our past experiences. Maybe we didn't feel valued in our family as a child. Maybe we didn't feel valued in a romantic relationship. Maybe we didn't feel valued by someone in leadership over us. Maybe we didn't feel valued in a friend group. We all assign a lot of value to what other people think of us, say to us, or do to us. And unfortunately, a lot of those messages felt like rejection. 
We experience rejection, tell ourselves lies, and then begin to believe those lies about ourselves. And slowly, those lies begin to inform our behavior without us even realizing it. The outcome may be that we make poor choices. Maybe we get into dysfunctional relationships. Maybe we even get paralyzed mentally and do nothing. Maybe you're someone who grew up in an emotionally or physically distant family, which felt like rejection. And if that rejection is allowed to take root, you can begin to form views as a child that people don't have time for you, or you aren't worth making time for, or if you are more valuable, people would want to be around you. It could be that you've become so fearful of being rejected that you don't create any close relationships in your life as a means of self-protection. Rejection can rob us of our self-esteem and lead us into thought process that cause us to think less of ourselves and blind us to our worth. Feelings of insecurity and inferiority convince us that when we've been rejected, we're not as good as everyone else and therefore not worthy of love from another person or even, watch this, God. Maybe you've had this experience. Maybe in order to cope with those feelings, you've tried to find an escape in food, alcohol, gambling, excessive sleep, or TV watching. The fear of further rejection can cause distortions in relationships too. It can cause you to tell a bigger story or dominate a conversation to protect yourself from the painful inner feeling that you don't measure up to the expectations of others. The reason that all of this matters is because what you believe about yourself will determine how you behave. And these are all perfect examples of that. If you believe the lies that come from rejection, then you'll live a life feeling not good enough, unlovable, or unworthy. But here's the thing, that view couldn't be further from the truth. Because there's someone else who places a value on who you are, and his view matters the most in your life. Maybe you've heard people say that the story of the Bible is ultimately a love story, an epic story where God continually pursues a relationship with his creation and his people. It's a story that speaks to how God loves us and desires to heal his people from past hurts. And rejection falls squarely into the healing category. The good news is that God loves us based on nothing we did. We can't earn his love and we can't lose his love. We didn't have to perform our way into God's love. We didn't need to change anything about ourselves for God to love us, which also means we'll never have to worry if we'll accidentally perform our way out of his love. We never have to worry about rejection from God. More than anything in this world, this truth should inform how we view ourselves. God loves us so much that he died for us. We see God's love throughout the Bible, but through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we can know without a doubt that we are priceless to him. There's a prophet in the Old Testament who received a calling from God to represent him to his people long before this prophet had even had time to prove his worth. His name is Jeremiah. And he's a great example and reminder to us that our identity and worth is formed on no merit of our own, nor can it be shaken by anyone else's opinion, attitude, or reaction to us. In the opening lines of the book of Jeremiah, we see how God called Jeremiah. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, as with any scripture, it's important to remember that this was a specific word spoken to a specific person for a specific reason. But at the same time, there's a life-giving truth here for us as well. In this passage, God says two big statements that can apply to all of us. First, God says, he knew Jeremiah before he was even formed inside his mother. And that makes sense, right? After all, he is God. He knows everything. But this also means that God assigns value to us before we're even created. It's incredible to think that God knew us before we were even a single cell. And because he knows us so intimately, we can know we are infinitely valuable to him. Second, God tells Jeremiah not to be afraid of the people. Again, this was a statement that was specific to Jeremiah's job as a prophet, but at the same time, it has implications for us too. Jeremiah was told to not worry about what people did or what people thought about him. Jeremiah could move forward confident in knowing that God 
was with him. And the same is true for us. And God tells us that he is with us in an incredible way. After Jesus ascended back to heaven, God sent the Holy Spirit to literally live in us. God dwells in us through his spirit. That means that he's with us no matter what. We may not be called to be prophets like Jeremiah, but God has called us his own and declared us valuable and secure. We just need to do our part in believing God's voice over the voice of rejection. And here's why this view is so critical for each of us. What you believe determines how you behave. When we choose to believe God's voice over the voice of rejection, it will change how we live. God wants you to live in confidence because he has a plan for your life long before you were born. And he doesn't want the lies of rejection to trip you up. This is easier said than done, right? But if we can begin to undo the lies rejection has told us, it will free us up. It will free us up to enter into new relationships without worrying about what someone else thinks. It will free us up to take risks on new opportunities, to go for the job promotion or the career move, to make new friends or to join a new club. When you view yourself through the lens of God's value, you can enjoy things in life without throwing your own baggage onto it and clouding your perception before you even try. Your identity is not defined by the rejection you've experienced. It's shaped by a God who has declared you loved, valuable, and worthy long before you were even born. And the experiences you've had don't add or take away from any of that. Since what you believe determines how you behave, then you need to know what God says about you. You need to spend time remembering or maybe learning for the first time everything God has definitively declared about you. And you can start by doing a few things. First, acknowledge the false messages you've believed about yourself. Second, look through scripture and see what God says about you. Then write down those truths and speak them out loud to yourself as many times as it takes. And finally, talk to a trusted friend when you need help believing those truths. We all need help believing what's true about us. Like Jeremiah, we can easily minimize our worth, but the good news is that God has said our identity is not up for debate. Our value is not up for discussion, despite what we may feel and think. And if we can allow God's truth to take root in our hearts, in our minds, instead of the lies of rejection, it will change everything. Imagine what your life would look like and how you would behave if you believed this was true. That your identity is already complete, permanent, and secure. Because here's the thing, if you don't live out what God says is true about you, then you'll live out of a false reality. I want you to know what's true about you. Not what someone else is telling you, not what you think might be true, not what the story around rejection was telling you. You can know and believe absolute truth about you, that you are complete just as you are. You are chosen, you are loved, and in that, you are secure. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's get started on what the questions have for us today. All right. Who read the questions? What did you put down, Miss Depp? You haven't answered none of them. All right. Do you have an answer for that one? No. Okay. No, that's all right, Lieutenant. I think that um, we tend we tend to believe um, we tend to believe what others tell us. Um, so if when if if um, someone rejects us in some way, um, whether that you know whatever kind of relationship that might be or whatever, um, we tend to take that on ourselves um, and and to believe we tend to believe whatever it is, whether it's true or not. Um, you know when we experience that, um, especially if we experience a similar kind of rejection multiple times, um, then we we really take that on and. and it gets um, embedded deep within us a lot of times um, if we're if we're not careful. Mm. All right, Miss Pammy. Um, I 
think that um, when he was saying, you know, when he was saying what he was saying, that uh, a lot of times we take into consideration what other people have said. Uh, like if somebody would say, oh, um, you're a little overbearing, or you know, you need to do this, or you need to do that. We find, oh, well, if I've done this, maybe I've done that. Am I being too bossy? Am I being too this, or am I being too that? And we tend to get deeper into, oh, I need to calm down, or I need to keep my mouth shut, or I need to back off. And where we should have been more aggressive, especially like in our Christian life. No, I don't need to back off. I need to tell them how God is and what he's doing and stuff like that. And um, if I have something to say, I should be able to say it. But a lot of times I don't because I don't want to feel like I'm being mean or hateful or whatever. But I know exactly what they're saying you know it's like I don't want to come off as a pompous person but when I'm talking about God that's not pompous that's him speaking through me and I should be more aggressive and more confident in myself to feel that way okay well I feel like sometimes when people do that in the, in, uh, in a rejecting way I will ponder a lot of times on what people say. I ponder on it first. And I pray about it and I ask God, is that what I am doing? Am I coming across to people harshly or am I coming across just like you said, too mean or too harsh? And sometimes you have to pray about it and say, okay, well the next time I I won't say it. Because sometimes it's not what we do or what we say, it's, it's how we do it or how we say it. We might not even mean no harm by some of the things we may say or do that causes people to reject us. So I would say I ponder, you know, more on it and pray about it in that sense of a way. Okay. Brother Tommy, anybody ever told you something that you tried to, that they made you want to react to, that you tried to do? Like they ever called you a name or something and you tried to fulfill that name that they called you or anything, talked down to you and they, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you tried to do what they said you was? Okay, okay. I, all right. I, I could say that that happened to me. I was told as, as, a, as a child I would never be any good. So I, I, I didn't... And, and, and coincide, I just felt that they, they felt I was going to be that way, so I just acted that way. I just acted like that. So I can understand that question. All right. What's question number two? How do you think a person's thoughts impact their actions? Oh. How do a person's thoughts impact their actions? And you have no, no answer for that one, right, Sister Debbie? Okay. Well, I think it goes back to, to what you said, Brother Derek, just a minute ago. I think um, I think that when we when we um, when we believe a certain thing about ourselves, when people tell us a certain thing about ourselves, then then we fulfill that a lot of times. You know, um, if if someone. Uh, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's negative things. Sometimes it's just, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, um, it, you know, it could be, uh, you know, I, people will say, you know, people may say, oh, oh, you're, 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 you're so quiet all the time. Well then, you know, maybe you're afraid to speak, you know? And so, so it's like this self-fulfilling, um, you know, thing where, where we, do tend to um, we tend to, to become what we believe our, about ourselves um, maybe what people tell us about ourselves um, or about us um, just um, because we do think it's true Miss Pammy um I think that, you know, it's just like 
like Lieutenant Abby said, if someone keeps telling you over and over and over again that you're this, that, or the other thing, you will become that. Um, you see it all the time, like in jail. Oh, this person was never good enough to do this. This person was never good enough to do that. No matter what they try, they've already been labeled. Um, all my life, you know, even as a child, um, they, they always told me, well, you're going to make somebody a very good wife someday. Never like I was going to be good at this or do that or whatever because I was this, this, I was always going to make somebody a good wife and mother. That's what they always told me. And I kept saying, nope, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a nurse. Um, well, I was never a nurse, but I have two children. <laughs> and you're both. You're a mom and a nurse. Well, that's true. I have done my fair share of boo and, like <laughs> and they're still alive, so thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, um, you know, and you never see it like that before, you know, how people can just... I did have one aunt that told me that, oh, no, honey, you, that's, not, that's not in the cards for you. You know, just... You know, you never know why, but you just was, you know, that's just... I don't think she was trying to be mean, but you know. So when I was, I would tell everybody, no, I'm going to have, I'm going to have about eight children, and and I'm going to have, I, I have a husband. That's what I would tell everybody because that's what they told me. <laughs> All right. My actions, as far as the impact of my thoughts, there are a lot of people that <clears throat> I have been around. I have it without judging them by their fruit. You actually know what they are sometimes. So I have separated myself from people and just prayed for them. Was always cordial and nice if they were in my presence, but I just separated myself. I found myself in light, separating myself from people that I know. You know that either they would say something that could actually make you angry because believe it or not, we love God, we are humans, but we can get angry. You know, oh, if there's people that can hurt your feelings, that can make you so angry. And that's why I am so glad that we had a word of God and God living us that we can hold on to because God stopped us from doing a whole lot of things, you know. So I have just separated myself. So I find that that has caused me to stay away from people, but still pray for them. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's a lot harder said than done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Do you act like you think, Tommy? It hurts to think. <laughs> okay. All right, Tommy. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> What's question number three? <laughs> I'm like believing something that isn't true about you. In fact, you're out. How am I believing something that isn't true impact your actions? All right. And that, that is a good one. And we have no answer for that, do we, Sister Debbie? Okay. I think it can keep us from, from doing um, things that, that, that God calls us to do. we're not good enough or we're not um we don't we're not equipped or you know why yeah I can't I can't do that um you know um I think that that it can stop us from doing things that um that can make uh, a huge impact on not just our lives but others lives as well okay Miss Pammy Along those same lines, you know, because you think, oh my goodness, I, I, I fail him every day. How can God want to work through somebody like me? But it is somebody like me that God could do his most work because they see that I'm not a perfect person. And if I was a perfect person, God wouldn't be working through me or through anybody. He, he wants people that that needs him as much as he needs us. So 
I just need to, you know, know that I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I need work. I know that I need him. And that's why I come to church. That's why I read my Bible. That's why I do what I need to do to know that I do need to read my Bible. I do know I need to come to church. And I do need, I need to strive for him to be with him. Amen. Like I said, I'm, it's the same thing for me. If I know, like my sister always tell me that I think I'm better than she is all the time. And they say, she say things to try to hurt my feelings, like tell me that my house look like Sanford and Son. <laughs> you know. And stuff, well, I mean, I know none of those things are true. That I think I'm better than she is. And I'm like, well, you know. You the one that's got she got a lot of education. I got, I got a high school diploma and I went to school to do hair and stuff like that, you know. But other than that, I've always cleaned because I needed to take care of Nike. So then I had to take something on that I could take her with me. With you know, with the experiences that she's gone through. <clears throat> and so, but I'm like, well, how? You know, and then I talked to my my mother-in-law is my is she's 90. And she is one of my prayer partners. And she told me, she said, well, honey, you don't have to do anything to anybody. For somebody to judge you and say, you think that you are better than they are. She said, you just keep loving your sister, keep praying for her, and you just keep moving forward for the Lord. So I've learned how to just block things out like that, that I that I know is not true. So it will not affect me, you know, personal and the way I feel about other people. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever believed anything about you that wasn't true, Tommy? Yeah, every time my bell ring, people say we're out there uh, making them broke, because I know that's not true. We're out there to help them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I know something that that, that kept me away in, in the beginning, that kept me away from the Bible, was that people tell me, you know, a cultural thing that I wasn't in the Bible. It it it, it, it was a it, it that's a white man's book. Mm. It, it, that's not in the you not in the Bible. And for and, and for a while that played in my head and it caused me to just push away from religion. And it caused me to push away from the Bible. But the first time I ever studied the Bible, it, 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 it came to, to, to me like a boat of lightning. The biggest lie in the world. <laughs> that was the biggest lie I've ever been told. And, 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 and God is no respect of person. He has no color. So... And I, I believe that for a long time, and it caused me to react in a certain way in a lo- for a long time. So, yeah, I, I understand that question. What's the next question? Do you believe you have value simply because of God? Why or why not? Ooh. And, and, and we have no answer to that one, do we, sister? has value uh, 
simply because of God. I mean, God God wouldn't have created something that had no value, <laughs> you know. Um, he especially wouldn't have created something in His own image, right? That had no value, um, and and that is that is how He that is how He created each and every one of us. Um, and and I think of you know the scripture we talked about in the video um, that that God knew us before He formed us in our mother's womb um and 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 i believe um that that before we were ever born god god already had a purpose for us he he already um had a plan for us and um and and in in that um is We have, we have value. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Miss mm-hmm. Pammy? I absolutely believe that we have value because if we didn't, we wouldn't be here. Um, and he there was never a promise that we would not have trials, tribulations, or anything like that. Um, he wouldn't have sent Christ down to save us if there wasn't, you know, going to be, if we had no value, why would he have saved us? Amen. And I don't know about everybody else and I I would not even dare to speak about everybody else but there are times where I'll be doing absolutely nothing or something foolish and I'll just get this wave of just love for him and I have to mm-hmm. I'll have to praise him mm-hmm. I just have to stop and praise him and it could be anything stupid or anything and I just you know that feeling where you just know and you know and you know that was Christ That's you right. know it was God just letting you know how much he loves you and I'll just know. So there is no way, no how, you know. And the first time I looked at my babies when they were born, I mean, there was just that that, that feeling, you know. I just knew that was him. Mm-hmm. And even I had a nurse after my one son was born. She said, did you see what God gave you? I mean, you have a moment like that, there's just no way. You just actually look at the work of God, the creation of God, and what came yeah, from, and, from you through Him. And for actually, a nurse to come yes. in and tell me that. And it's an instant love, isn't it? It's just, you think you love your nieces and nephews, but when that baby... I've got chill bumps coming all yeah. over. See, there, yeah. there he is right there. Thank you, Jesus. I know you're there. You know, but I'm just telling <laughs> like you. Like, I, I, I see how much Lieutenant Abby and Lieutenant Chris just loved little Grayson. That love for little Grace, and they just love that little baby. But just wait until this precious joy, bundle of joy is born, and she actually look and say, you know, and Lieutenant Chris look and say, this is my seed. Look what came from us, what God gave us. It's a feeling that you really can't explain to nobody. So that's why those tears instantly just come when you see your baby. Yeah. Yeah, there's just those moments. I mean, working out in the yard, and you think, I can't. Yeah. But you get that extra boom. And you know that's them. And there's just those moments and, and there's times where you're like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Before you know it, it's done. Yeah. Amen. And if unless you know him, you yeah. don't know how that happens. But right. once you know him, you're you know. And that's what that means to me. Amen. Yes, I do believe that we simply have value because of God. Because sometimes you could be around people that makes you happy and joyful. Then sometimes, have you ever been around people that are just all negative? And you just can just feel the heat from them being all negative. Or they just say negative things to you or about you all the time. And then you could be in a group of people, everybody in that negative, but God will come into your mind and tell you, you belong to me, I, I love you. You So you feel so valued. You know, if nobody else in this world value you or love you, you know the love of God. You will always be valued by God. Amen. Amen. You feel valued by God, Tommy? All the time. All the time. All right. 
Okay. What's the next question? How might embracing what God says about you change the way you see yourself? All right. Has it changed the way you see yourself, Sister Debbie? Embracing what God says about you? I've always been told that. That you're wonderfully and fearfully made? Yeah, and that I have a good heart. That I'm too soft, good-hearted and good-kind-hearted to be. Christ did the more they did to him. Mm-hmm. So it's all right. right. It's okay. Lieutenant? I think that um, embracing what, what God says about us um, it changes the way we see ourselves in, in that um, we don't, we don't have to believe those lies that we're constantly fed. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have to believe um, that, that we're not good enough or we're not um, worth it or we're not, um, you know, what, whatever else we may feel um, that, that we're being told or is communicated to us through, um, through behavior or actions of others. Um, we, we don't have to accept that um, because we know um, we know that that our identity is complete that, that God has called and chosen and loved us um, and that nothing can take that away alright anything to add Miss Pammy um, I just have family members that are always telling me that um I, that they consider me that I they think that I'm high and mighty because of my beliefs and stuff like that that I think I know everything and um, so they choose not to tell me things or call me unless they want something of course but um, I, I tell them all the time I still choose to love them I will love them till my last breath and that I'm always here for them and Lieutenant Abby knows all about my family that I'm talking about and that I love them more than I could ever hope to love them They're, and that if they ever need me, I'm there. And um, it's so hard when it's a, a very close family member like that. So um, I just keep asking God to make it closer and closer, you know, just help this relationship. And if it cannot be helped, help me to detach and the other day my sister called me and told me she actually loved me so um that's a biggie i mean that's a biggie so i just i see you know the more that i embrace god and let go of me trying to fix it myself that's what i have made out of this if i could just stop you know, asking God and taking it back. Asking God and taking it back. And letting go and letting God do it. Now I'm actually seeing, well, Pam, if you'll get yourself out of the equation and let God handle it. <laughs> that, that's that's my biggest thing, is I think if I can just, you know, just help him out a little bit, you know. No, mm-hmm. just let go and let God. All right. Would you read that question one more time? Embracing what God says about you change the way you see yourself. Um, God tell me that I am wonderfully made. <laughs> so, 
So that in itself. Nothing. So that in itself uh, lets me know that I am somebody and I should feel good about myself because as I look at my hands and can look in the mirror and and my body and I have all my limbs and if I didn't have nothing but one foot and one arm and had to lean like this, God said that I'm wonderfully made. So I would believe that's the way he intended for me to be. But to him, regardless of what, if I was just a head and a stem, I'm wonderfully made. So I embrace that knowing that. Amen. We use the same verse. Did you? I was in the back of the front. Great minds think alike. Embracing what God says, it, it, it empowers me to take that next step. It gives me the strength to know that I can take the next step because I'm not taking it by myself. I'm doing it under the power of God, with the power of God, along with God. So I know I'm not doing it by myself. That's a wonderful thing. Ain't that right, Tommy? Amen, brother. Amen, brother. What's the next question? What's one false belief you find yourself believing about yourself? One false belief. Now, we all got a false belief. Now, what's one that we found about ourselves? What's one? You got an answer, Miss Debbie? That you found out about yourself? People had you believing. You don't have an answer? Okay. We'll go to you, Lieutenant. Yeah, so I'm gonna give kind of a, a past example um, from my life. Um, okay. So, um, I, I I tend to be a more reflective person. Um, uh, I, I t like to process things before I speak. Um, you know, just a quieter person. And so, so growing up, a lot of times people told me, "Well, you're you're too quiet. You're too shy. You you don't talk enough, or you don't, you know." And 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 so, um, when I felt like God was calling me uh, to to be an officer, to be a pastor, I was like, God, listen, I, I can't, I can't talk in front of people. I can't do that. I've been told my whole life I can't, that I, that that's not something that I could be good at, that I, that I could do, you know, and, and I, I believed it. Um, but, um, the last, you know, five, six years, God has shown me that, that you know this is something I have called you to do therefore you can't do it because I'm gonna help you you know it's not it's not just you it's not because um, because Lord knows I couldn't do it if it was just me um, but but he um, but he he gives us uh, the ability to do things that we we never dreamed we could do that we never uh, thought were possible and and that That sometimes just seem really strange for us to be, uh, you know, to be called into or to ask, to be asked um, to do or whatever. Um, but um, yeah. Okay, Miss Pammy. I think my biggest problem is that I talk too much and I think I get on people's nerves. <laughs> biggest problem. Okay. All right. I think mine is that I think that I always give the right advice. And a lot of times when I try to give advice to people, they always, some people look at me and say, well, who asked you? <laughs> you have my permission to always give me what my advice is when I try to give advice, it might not be at the time the way people think, you know, or something. So I think that sometimes it's good to just listen 
you know, and not always try to give advice. Because I have had people to get angry with because I, I'm giving advice. Well, who asked? You? No, that's not right. I'll be all Lord, forgive me. <laughs> mm. I ain't going to say mine. I'm going to keep mine. No, we want to hear it. Oh, y'all want to hear it. We want to hear it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I come up at a time where where, where people was blinded. Uh, they 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 was focused on certain looks, and and my look wasn't in. Me and me and Denzel look wasn't in. <laughs> we had the wrong complexion, and and and, and if you were, you were dark. You was out. You had to be light skinned with wavy hair. And I didn't have that kind of look. Me and Denzel, we didn't have it. So they had us tossed in the corner. And I was always complex theory. I was always mixed up with my complex because I was dark. And that that bothered me for a long time as I was coming up as a kid because they always made fun of you. They always talked about your ink spot and all that. <laughs> where, you, where you at, son? The light's out. We can't see you. Those you know? joke tellers. Yeah, huh? all them joke telling again. That's what made me violent as a kid. Come here, you can't see me, you won't feel me. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that never bothered me. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Some of the things that you've gone through and, you know, just having a conversation sometimes with Derek and my sister and I, I am dark, but I never had that. I never experienced have going through that. I have never experienced going through that. Yeah, that's because yeah. you was a pretty girl. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I think that's a good example of how how sometimes we can assume, you know, because we we look similar or we act similar, we we assume that we have similar experiences, yeah, similar right, backgrounds, right. and and everybody's experience it's is different. different. Right. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, I, I am as white and Caucasian as they come, <laughs> and let me tell you, I cannot tell you that the times that people, um, that people called me Asian eyes, <laughs> um, and, and told, you know, and, and, and would argue with me, where are you from? <laughs> Right here, I don't, I don't know what you, you yeah. know, but and so you just you never know. You the just never know. Yes, you go through a lot of that when you have the slanty eyes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and especially when I smile, they get real squinty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just a lot of fun. People were sure. Yes, she is, Lord. People were sure. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do we got any more questions? If you had dyed, if you would dye your hair real, real dark black. They probably would argue with you. Just, oh yeah, just, yeah. they would probably well, crucify you if you tried to talk with the shape of your eyes. Yes, like yeah. yo, they do kind of shape like Asian. They are, eyes. yeah. Well, they are Asian shape. Round face, yeah, you know. And, and if so, you would have yeah. dyed your hair real dark, they crucify <laughs> you if you tried to tell them you were not Asian. Yep. One truth in scripture about who you are that you can put to memory this week. One truth about who you are that you can put to memory. One truth, one scripture that you can hold on to. I think mine is if you should search for me with all thy heart, you will find me. Because oh, I, I've searched and you know I you know, that's something that I have done and you will you will visually, physically find God. In other words, do you have a life scripture? Do you have a life scripture? Do you got one, Miss Debbie? You got a verse that you hold on to that bring you joy? That tell you about you? John 3.16. All right. All right. You got one, Lieutenant? Yeah, hang on. I'm going to look up the exact wording. Uh-oh. She got to look it up. Yeah, listen, I got, I got pregnancy brain real bad. <laughs> <laughs> My memory's just gone. She got to look it up, y'all. Hold on. She going to get to it. While she looking hers up, let's see if Miss, Miss Pammy got one. 
You got one, Mitch um, Family? I was going to say John 3.16. John 3.16, too. All right. There's you, a lot of other ones, but I don't know the exact. All right. You got one, uh, Tommy, you got a verse, a life verse? You know what it is. You just say something. You don't, you don't think so? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I got one. You got one? Yeah, I got one. Yeah. Mine is Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. God has highly exhorted him and given him a name which above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Right. Things in heaven, things in earth, and things underneath the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hold on to that. Yes, sir. It tells me about who I am and who he is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You found it, uh, Lieutenant? No, I know it's in Romans. God grace. How it starts off. Can you give us a few wording of it? A few words in it? Maybe I can help you. It talks about the peace and hope of Christ. Peace and hope of Christ. You're gonna find it eventually. Well, she gonna find it eventually. She'll come to it. She gonna she gonna shout it out in the service. You know, it may be yeah, it may be yeah, tomorrow. It may be at two o'clock this morning. But she gonna no. shout it out. She gonna she gonna get to that bird. Well, we had a good time. I think that's the last question, ain't it? Yes, it is. Okay then. Well, we had a if good time. You get time. it in the service. Just shout, shout it out. out. <laughs> shout it out. Just shout it out. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> I can, I can see it now. Yeah. All right, then. We're going to close out with a word of prayer. Tommy, you got a prayer for us? Sure, I can do this one. Okay, go ahead. Father God, thank you for your amazing grace and your fresh mercies. Go with us today, dear Lord, and be, by your strong hand and powerful arm, be a hedge of peace and protection over us. Our family and friends, spread your grace far far and away across this land, O oh Lord, and may divine love rest in our hearts and homes. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I cheated. Oh, what well, was still lovely. It was a you. nice one.